We are underway. From Rainbow Bay to Rainbow Beach to the Switch and everything in between. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. You're a funny guy. Cool. Have fun now. Your new local. You're going to love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo. Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo back for another week. Shout out the podcast family. We love the podcast family. You have been privy to... We've had some conversations at the top of our podcast which have then prompted us to say, you know what, we need to share this with the radio family. That's the fun of our podcast. Well, it's so damn funny. So damn funny. In fact, what? Well, <laughs> Are you going to play it I again? feel like Mexican. A Mexico. Yeah, shout out to the Mexico. If you listen to the podcast, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, if that would have been out of context mm. for anyone that doesn't know. But check out our about two ago, wouldn't it? Yeah. Not, not the last one, the if one you, before. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, go back to Thursday's edition, it's worth a listen. Yep. I had a KFC chicken taco on... Um, what are they like? They're okay. Um, last week, when Ella Daisy comes, I normally buy a popcorn chicken. It's once a week. We have this little thing. She likes a go bucket. Cute. Um, Such an easy one for yeah, the kids, so isn't it? Five ninety five. Oh, go is bucket. that all? Yep. She doesn't eat the chips. She only eats the chicken. That's fine. <laughs> Amity says you should just buy popcorn chicken. Anyway, regardless of that, I eat the chips. So I bought a couple of chicken tacos because, like, these slider tacos. Anyway, last Saturday, Vern says to me, just gone, mate, do you think you can get me a three-piece box down at Brassel KFC? Oh, get him. bit hungover, was he? So I get him. She's <laughs> just pretty raid. good on Saturday. So I went and got <laughs> another chicken taco. I thought I'll just have one. Put it in the fridge and thought, I'll microwave it and heat it up. Now, unbeknownst to me, one of the, the one from last week was still sitting in the fridge oh. up the top shelf. Oh. And I picked up the wrong one. Nuked it in the mic. Uh. A week old KFC chicken taco. Took one bite and then was like, oh, I think I got the wrong one. What? So in that moment, I was like, right, this is going in the bin. Yeah. The disdain that my wife had towards me and her family. It's a that week it was, old. It, well, mate, in their world, the bin. in their world, nothing gets thrown out. Oh, a you week's read, a bit long, I think, for I mean, chicken. I, I, can we just get some ruling on this? That's... One day of KFC, if it doesn't get eaten the next day, she's gone. Yeah, it's gross. It's not even worth eating. Think, like, Do you want to talk about from a, a just a, a health perspective for, or just from a decent respect for yourself perspective, like, because I think there's two different standings. Well, let's not look, let's not judge on the health of myself and my arteries. No, let's I, just judge I, I mean, I mean the actual health guidelines. Okay, oh, the yeah, salmonella let's go. Let's go. guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. The health guidelines say that three to four days. Right. That's the health guidelines for chicken. And KFC is not going to taste great after three or four days now, anyway. I think we come into the decency for respect for yourself. <laughs> If, if it's been in there for three days, it's got to go. You're better than that, Dob. You are. Yeah, but he made a, it was mistake. a mistake. No, I know. I'm just saying for future. Like, why are you refrigerating it anyway? Well, I wanted it a little snacky later. I'd put it aside. So. Why not have any other thing that's in your fridge or your 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 cupboard? There's not a lot there. Well, uh, we're living with my father-in-law. Sure, it's a slim pantry at the moment. There's not a lot there. Don't unpack that. Um, we're not unpacking the whole living with my father-in-law. Um, I, I don't, I think personal opinion, fast food is to be consumed that day, there yeah. and then. The minute it starts cooling down, Ugh. it's all, it's no good. And I know, Cold you used to, I know you used to deep freeze cheeseburgers back in your day, Dobbo, but That's I think. different living conditions. You know what? Oh, you have hit, and you've described it yourself, you've hit five-star Benny, right? 
I think the days of freezing and refrigerating fast I love food that you're referring to me like is behind you, all right? Okay. I think in the same way you don't roll out a swag in the dirt anymore, would you, would you I don't freeze think you need to deep pie? freeze. Would you freeze a meat pie? You go to the bakery, you put it in the fridge. Okay, tell you what. I would freeze n- it, yeah. I would not purchase a fresh pie from a bakery, take it home, then freeze it. I would go to a shop. And like a butcher that has pies that yep. are already frozen, I'd buy one of those and take it home and keep it in the freezer or the fridge. But I wouldn't take it from its cooked state at a bakery to take it home and freeze it. Yep. I, I could eat it. Just eat it. If you want a pie, just have just it. Just eat the pie. I'm with you. I'm with you. So can we confirm how many chicken tacos are there rolling around in the back of Vern's fridge right now? There's two there at the moment. Oh. I'm throwing them out tonight. Toss them. They're gone. You got enough money, go buy a fresh one. <laughs> The Olympics have been a hot topic of debate for 2032 for our beautiful Brisbane city. But now there's actually a debate whether the AIS, so the Australian Institute of Sport, whether it should move from Belconnen in Canberra and move it to Brisbane after the Olympics. And maybe we look at some other options, whether it's for opening and closing ceremony, whether we don't do the Gabba, and maybe this is a more long-term solution for sports to be able to be based in Brisbane, which makes a whole lot of sense. For me, I personally love it because Canberra is the... Uh, I'm not going to describe it as that, but in the middle of winter, it is the most awful place to be, especially when you're a swimmer and if you're doing summer sports, it's a terrible place to train and prepare for anything because it's the coldest place you'll ever go. It's not terribly inspiring. And every time you go there, it's actually, they put you in the worst accommodation, the old resis, old residence, which is where all the athletes used to live, but now it's a bit of a hellhole. Anyway, so I feel like the AIS moving to Brisbane would be a great opportunity. Typically on Australian swim teams, most of the people on the team are from Queensland to start with anyway. And we've got the great facilities in terms of the Queensland Academy of Sport, which is based at Nathan, which is already an extraordinary sporting facility, could be made into the hub for all of Australia. I think it's a great choice. Look, I mean... It, it, it is a good choice. I, I get the Canberra situation is a dog with fleas now, a and, bit. I, and I and I understand that most of these sports are spread all across. And so, if we have a base here, um, but I do like that w- when it gets into the political landscape, um, that's when it starts to heat up. I mean, this story. I mean, when you you look at it in its in in its entirety, when you see it, and you go, "Oh well, yeah, let's bring the AS." Then throw in a Premier that's <laughs> wanting to get people on side. Yes. Well, the idea was floated by a couple of fellas, Andrew Fraser and John Wiley, who used to be a part of the Australian Sports Commission. They've sure. written an opinion piece and it has taken off. And then Stephen Miles, you mentioned it, Dobber, he has come out today oh, and he's taken some shots. He said, I think everything should move from Canberra to Brisbane. <laughs> Canberra's an awful place. <laughs> who would want to go to Canberra? Why would we send our best athletes to Canberra when they could be here in Queensland experiencing the superior weather here, the great lifestyle, and, of course, the fantastic economy, which means they can have jobs for those who are still working? Well, it certainly wasn't the place for swimmers particularly to go. There was a couple of coaches down there, but it wasn't the first choice. Most no. of, most would stay rowing, in Queensland. Rowing and gymnastics, I think, traditionally were the big – and weightlifting, there was yes, a lot of that. They had but, a good gym facility, yeah, but we've but, got that here. Yeah. And also the QAS now have a big uh, throwing facility, which is for athletics like the track and field um, facilities built. So I think the, for longevity, Queensland's definitely the place and, to be. And this is – and Dobbo, to the point we, – we, you and I were having this argument the other week on the show about the Gabba redevelopment. And it's all about – everyone always talks about Olympics and the legacy that they leave. And 
people have said, well, they rebuild the Gabba for a two-week athletic carnival and then what, right? This, this is an idea, is a concept, making Brisbane and southeast Queensland the hub of elite sport in Australia. Sure. That does leave a legacy. Which it pretty much already is the mm. hub of elite sport without being the AIS. Yeah. I so, like it. Yeah. I like it too. Front page of the paper, let it happen. Stephen Miles saying the right thing. I Must be an election year. I can't <laughs> see many athletes complaining about it. Right. <laughs> so just to get you on record, Lisa Jones, yeah. you think Canberra, Canberra as a whole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> be nice about Canberra. And we'd be, better as a, we'd be better as a sporting nation if everything was based here? Based here. Just bring it to us right. so we don't have to travel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get a letter. Baldy. Sorry? Baldy. Baldy? Who's Baldy? Well, lots of people. Are they? Mm. Lots you, of people are bald. Are you including yourself? Some people in this studio are closer to bald than others. Yes. Yeah, you're talking about me because I, I accept that it has got considerably thin on top. It is. What do you say? It's marching back or something? It's, mar- it's on the march. It's on, on the, the march. march. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm there with you. My hair. I think your hair's pretty good. My hair, I'm holding on. But it's, it's a problem that a lot of blokes face, right? And some blokes will just shave it straight off. Others will fight it. Others will explore alternatives. I've got a mate. His name's Andrew Bucklow. He actually writes for news.com. And he has gone on this journey. He's posted the story today. He has gone on the journey, which apparently is now a TikTok trend, of blokes getting new toupees in store. But these aren't the old dead possums that we used to see sit on our uncle's heads. This is proper, like, adhered – they call them hair systems now. Do they? Right? And it's it's incredible. He's been – like, he's – embraced his baldness for the better part of six, seven years, right? And he's gone through this process. He's had to grow his hair out in order so that these people, he could go through this process of getting this whiz-bang toupee fixed. This is the reaction he had when he saw his face in the mirror. Oh, my God. Bald spot is gone. The bald spot, the the piece of Devon at the back of a lot of blokes. (laughs) It's gone. Gone. Have a listen to the way his his news.com counterparts reacted when they saw him. Oh my god! I don't know how I feel about this. It looks amazing. Turn around. <laughs> Where's Bucky? I can't you actually look like a completely different person. <laughs> oh wow. You look like Peter Andre. <laughs> Peter oh, Andre. Is that look, a compliment? I'm gonna talk about this, but one triple three five three, while we're here, if anybody has had a toupee or wears a toupee while they're at work, can you please call us? Because after seeing your mate mm. go through this, not a word of a lie, I would actually do it. Would you? I, I, I think if, if it could stay there and it was permanent and I could have a full – like it, it, out of everything, I am the most insecure about not having a lot of hair. I don't know why it, why it is that. I don't understand it. I really don't. And a lot of blokes will say, oh, no, I just shave it. Mate, I look like a round tennis ball if I just shave it. I just don't I don't want to be, you know, pie eater, that bloke who, you know, yeah. the jelly bean or whatever his name is at Cameron. That's what I'd look like with a shaved head. I I absolutely am fascinated to people who wear a toupee. I, and I understand it's a really, really sensitive, like not everybody wants to admit. Because what's got Lockie it. got on his head? I think he has had uh, implants, plugs, or something plugs. like that. Yeah, so right. he looks gr- he looks amazing. Yeah, yeah but amazing. It, it's it, it's such a funny thing for us as men, Dobbo, because you know typically we assume that women are more concerned with their appearance and how they look and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But hair 
There's it's something. a real delicate spot. It's with your identity. So hair, are pe- people are really attached to it because it's part of their identity. I mean, people go through cancer treatments and things like that. Mm. Losing your hair is such a big part of it. And I think it changes the way you look and also, and you can, I mean, Bucky looks about 20 years younger. So I, we actually, we caught up for dinner. He was in town for um, an event the other week and we caught up for dinner. He got in the car and I, it took me back to high school because that's the last time I remember him having hair. Does he like it? He hated it. Oh. He hated it. He found it. He, he didn't, he was, he'd become used to himself and you talk about identity, but he'd been, he'd become used to himself being a bald bloke, okay. right? Um, but, I mean, I, as I said, it looked great. Mm. It looked great. And I would be really interested to know, he works in the entertainment world, but one triple three five three double. I'd be fascinated to know if there's people out there that wear toupees in other walks of life. Oh, mm. there has to be. And... Mate, one day I could be one of them. Like Am's actually said, mate, go to advanced hair or go and get something done if you really want. And then I'm like, uh, but Matty Rogers has had the the implants put in. He looks good, and he, you know, one triple three five three. We've got some calls coming through. We can keep you anonymous if you do want to remain. But like, is there anybody out there with the toupee who works on a work site, yeah. construction site? Luke from Varsity Lakes. Good afternoon. How are you, mate? Good afternoon. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? All right. Thanks for being so honest and ringing up. You've worn a toupee before. Yeah, I had one for about 18 months. Right. So tell us the, how old were you when you went bald? What was the process? How did you like it? Uh, so I was about 24, 25 when I started losing my hair. And, um, a few people had commented on how thin it was and receding. So when I got home, my wife just decided to shave it off. Yep. Um, I plotted on with that. I was kind of drawing my hairline on for a little while with makeup, which is another avenue to go down, but... And then got one of these hair systems that you glue on your head. Yep. How'd and it go? It was great at first, but then it, you've got to, there's a lot of maintenance. You've got to peel it off, shave your head, glue it back on. It starts falling out. You, if you've been hot in the night, you wake up and it's peeled back. Oh, you wake up, you look funny. <laughs> so how long? So, so how often? On your face, how right? how often are you having? You talk like the maintenance, right? If yeah. are you having to do? Unless if it doesn't come unstuck like that, how do you look after it? So once a month, I would go back to the clinic. They would peel it off my head, clean my head, shave my head, then glue it back on. Right. I can't imagine it'd be great for your skin. Yeah, well, they're so breathable. The fabric's so breathable that it's like it's kind of okay, but it get hot, you get itchy, you get smelly. Oh, like yeah. They're not a, like they're great, but so if you shampoo it, you, there's a chance you might shampoo it and it just comes completely off. Well, yeah, you've got to use special shampoo because I can't remember what's in the regular <laughs> shampoos, but they'll break the glue down. Oh, of so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a farce. Luke, do you mind but, if I ask how much it costs you? Yeah, so mine was in England and it used to cost about £500, so probably $1,000. bucks Australian. And and for $1,000 invested, was it worth it? Did how did, did, you, how did you feel for the 18 months that you wore it? Did you feel more like yourself or more confident? Yeah, yeah, you get some confidence. You feel a little bit more confident. I had people who knew I was bald thinking I'd just grew my hair back and I was thinking, but you knew, you know I had no hair. Um so they're good, they really are good, but it's the upkeep. You can't be bothered with it. Mm. I will not be bothered with it. And then I had a daughter and I thought, she's going to rip this off on me. <laughs> and I'm going to be stood in the supermarket with just... Oh, could you just imagine? One hand. Could you just imagine? So it's a, you've just got scout. a question, is it to, to pay or not to pay? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, well done. 
Super Rooster is an institution in Toowoomba. Sorry, that's Toowoomba. But it's time to break free and share that chickeny goodness with the rest of Queensland. This is Triple M Rush Hours Chicken Run. week has arrived for our chicken run to oh Super God. Rooster. Oh, I've never seen you so excited, Dobbo. So just to give everybody a little bit of understanding how much I love Super Rooster, yesterday I had to go to Toowoomba to have a look at some horses Shame. that I'm breeding. And I deliberately, because I knew what we were doing, I held off you going abstained. to Super. I abstained for the first time. No. And I can tell you... It was bloody hard. I ended up having a beef and gravy roll at the VP of Mary Street, which was n- nowhere near as good. This is almost good. going to be a virginal experience for you. How wonderful. Well, we're calling on Super Rooster to spread its wings and open a store outside of Toowoomba. They have three wonderful stores there, which we are going to visit on Thursday the 22nd for our show. We're going to do the full chicken run. We do have a petition running at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to petition to have Super Rooster spread its wings outside of Toowoomba, make sure you go to triplem.com. Com.au, go to the win page, sign our petition. We need more signatures. Oh but God. there yeah. are many questions that we have because we haven't cleared it actually with the owner of Super Rooster. We haven't actually even asked if we're able to come. So mm. we thought we better ask that today. Chris Claridge, the owner of Super Rooster, good afternoon. Afternoon, guys. How are you? Oh, well, well look, we do need to ask the big <laughs> and most important question. Did you know that we were going on a chicken run and are we welcome to visit? You're definitely welcome. I did hear there was a few words out on the street of some of my friends that live in Brisbane. So I've gotten a fair few texts saying this is happening. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, hopefully I hear from them. So, <laughs> so here we are. Hey, Chris, I've been eating Super Rooster since I can remember. Uh, we used to, I used to drive in from Condamine um, and... And I'd always stop at Wilson, and, and that was where we'd stop near the airport there, the old Toowoomba Airport. How did Super Rooster start? Can we get a bit of history on it? So, mum and dad started it back in '83 because they were both working for Big Rooster. Yep. Back in the day, uh, fell in love, and then ended up figuring out. To, they went all over Australia to sort of figure out where they wanted to set up shop, and Toowoomba ended up being their last stop. And they just drove through and said, "Oh my gosh, everything's." fantastic with you know the location and the population and that sort of stuff and they gave it a go so and then um it's sort of just grown from there we've done store after store and yeah so now it's just me running the show with my wife and chris you've got three (laughs) stores in toowoomba and obviously we're making the drive which store would you recommend would be the best one for us to go to between the hours of four and six p.m on a thursday very specific Well, I'll be at the Wilsonden store. So how about we do a bit of that because then it's a, you know, walk down memory lane. That was your first store, right? Yeah, well, no, Southtown was. Oh, so, Southtown. Yeah, so that's no longer there. But, um, but yeah, let's do Wilson because I'll be kicking around on the fries that afternoon, so it'd be great oh, to see you guys. Oh, you're going to be on the tools on Thursday? Yes, of course. Oh, here we go. Wow. They're chips. We're talking. Well, I better make sure I can get a chicken roll for, that's, you know, oh my absolutely God. perfect for you guys. Oh, so. my God. Yes. <laughs> Chris, obviously, you've, you've had some text to let you know that we had this in the works. The petition, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the petition that was established last week on the Triple M website, the love of Super Rooster spreads far and wide, and we have, we're nearing on triple figures worth of signatures here, trying yep. to get people who want Super Rooster to spread its wings and branch out of Toowoomba. Oh, my God. Is there, is there any chance of this happening? How many signatures well, look, do we need to make this happen? Well, you never say never. So <laughs> anything could happen. But, I mean, at this stage, things are okay. But maybe a petition might be the thing that 
just pushes me over the line. Okay. So I think we need to make it a little bit more exciting for them. So like, I mean, what about if we do a giveaway or something for someone? Oh, yeah. oh what are you thinking? Well, you don't have to give it to anybody else except me. What, 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 what are you else. thinking, Chris? Well, let's do like burgers, most popular item on our total menu. So let's give away... I don't know, like a burger a week, so 52 <gasps> burgers or something like that to the oh, one person. A year's right. worth of chicken burgers. <laughs> Somebody gets – what, what do they get? A, do they get a, a card or something? Is it like – is I there a super rooster card? 52 gift vouchers you come oh when God. you want or you can get 52 of your closest friends and – Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it just, Chris, yeah. you understand how radio works. This is a verbally binding contract here. <laughs> <laughs> to the Triple M family – Chris Claridge, the boss of Super Rooster, has just committed that if you go and sign the Chicken Run petition at triplem.com.au, head to the win page, somebody will win a year's worth of chicken burgers, 52 to be exact, in fine print. <laughs> exactly. That's a legally binding part of it. Can I just, yes. can I, I just want to make one more announcement. Amity yep. Anderson, my wife, start <laughs> nominating all the family right now because I want this. <laughs> oh, this is oh, huge. So good. Chris Claridge, well. Oh. We can't wait till Thursday. Thursday afternoon, we what will see you. Both of you guys have never eaten it before. I this haven't. is a life-changing experience on Thursday. I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I can't tell you how different you will. Your whole mindset. I do not leave Toowoomba without eating Super Rooster. As a rule, I. Actually, sorry, Chris. Pl- can we ask that? Uh, do you have a mascot? We do, we do. It's our chicken call, and his name is Louie. Louie! Okay, I know. Hey, you've already been incredibly generous, Chris. Is there any chance of an appearance by Louie Thursday at the Wilsonson store? Oh, my gosh. I'll see what I can do. I'll send Get Louie out of the chicken coop, and he's ready to roll. If, <laughs> if there is no one available for the soup, Dobbo will volunteer. Hey, 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 hey. I want to eat my roll and chicken. You can eat it in there. <laughs> no, I don't. In the soup. I don't need to be in any soup. <laughs> oh, Chris Claris, the owner of Super Rooster, a pleasure to meet you, Thank and we you. can Cannot guys, wait to, to Thursday. see you in person this Thursday. We'll see you then. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Tangaluma, first time. How was it, Bo? Uh, two thumbs up. If I had more thumbs to give, I would. We had an amazing time. Was the water rough? Because I was a little bit concerned for you. I gave you some quills. You did. You Saturday did. I morning, thank you. that little ferry ride over. I headed over there first thing Saturday morning, and we just had an amazing time. The weather was beautiful. We had sun shining. It was an incredible time. Over there, um, we stayed in the resort. The, the wonderful facilities, the activities. They, there was so much dolphin to do. Dolphin feeding. For, for, we did the dolphin feeding on the Saturday night. Mac and Quinn absolutely loved it. They got to feed Comet, the five-year-old dolphin. It was amazing. Oh, and I need to give a big shout out to Ian, the ferry driver, who drives the uh, the Friday Arvo ferry. He took the five thirty p.m. ferry. I, I got told this. He's a Rush Hour listener. Oh, He's part of the Triple out. M family. The 5.30pm ferry heading over to Morton was playing Triple M's Rush Hour. Love that. And so we were, we're, on, we're on the ferry. No way. So big shout out to Ian who drives the ferry over to Morton Island. But I do need to give an apology. And I need to give that apology to uh, snorkeling guide Ben. <laughs> oh, no. Who was awesome. You went around the wrecks? You snorkeled around we the wrecks? snorkeled around the wrecks. Went out there with uh, my wife, Alana and I went out with Quinn, who's only seven, but she had a life jacket on and she was really keen to do it. She had a ball. We also went with my brother-in-law and his wife and their daughter, Stevie, who's the same age as Quinn. I blame what happened on my brother-in-law. Of course. Because he and I have this relationship where we can't help but compete with one another. Mm-hmm. And so we're snorkeling around the wrecks and the girls, the kids are having a great time seeing the fish and... Shane and I then get to competition stage and Ben, our instructor, is currently he, – he's a free dive instructor so he's got oh. an amazing ability to hold his breath and go down deep and do all this sort of stuff. 
and he took us to a point on the wrecks where there's what is called a swim through, where you can swim through the wreck. Mm. And he does it and makes it look easy, right? And I had a look and I thought, ah, no, I'll just let that go. But then Shane, my brother-in-law, came along and he did it. And I thought, oh, well, I've I've, I've got to do it. Mm. And Ben, and I said, Ben, is there another swim through somewhere? He goes, yeah, 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 there's a big one around here. And I'm like, right, we're going to do the swim through. I'm going to do it. And so we got to this thing. And there's this gigantic cogwheel that sits down to the bottom of the ocean and, and, and somewhat out of the water as well. And Ben did the swim through. And I looked at Shane. I thought, he's going to try it as well. I've got to do it. I can't, you know, because I know the way that family works. If I get on the boat and I haven't done the swim through, I'll never hear the end of it. I took kind, a, it kind of sounds like our group. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like being in the yeah. studio here. Anyway, I took a deep breath and went down. And as soon as I started, I said, this is going to end terribly because I got water all up in my goggles. Oh, so no. as I go down, I'm swimming blind. As I got down to the point where you go under the wreck, I lost my first flipper. Oh, that's <laughs> so It went to the top. <laughs> it oh. went to the bottom. So oh. at this point, I can't see... And I'm only down to one flipper. Oh, and how it's embarrassing. at this point the panic sets in. Oh, right? I could imagine. I'm still under the wreck. I've cut my hand. Oh, Liam. <laughs> I've cut my ankle. <laughs> and the panic is real. So, what'd you do? Uh, wait, because as I got to the exit, the other flipper went off. <laughs> so, no. at this point, I'm about six metres under the surface, panicking, full blown. I got to the top and I just said, Ben, <laughs> you're going to need to go and get the flippers because <laughs> they are on the bottom oh. of the ocean. Wow. So, yeah, I'd like to apologise to Ben. You wanted your $50 deposit back on those flippers, <laughs> How'd didn't you? How'd your brother you? go? How'd your brother go? Your yeah, brother did, it, did it real easy. Yeah. Of course. Did it real easy. But, uh, yeah. You're been, an embarrassment. It was a pissing comp and he failed. <laughs> he failed. I lost badly. Yeah. And then, to make matters worse, insult to injury, literally, Ben had to then take me and get some wound washing, clean up all the coral. <laughs> Getting infected in your hands. It'll be infected oh, in a week. Dear. You watch it. It's going to come back and bite your more oh, than this. Liam. 46 points to 20. That was the score yesterday in Brisbane's first trial against the North Queensland Cowboys, it was pretty much touted as a, the full team before round one when they take on the Roosters in Las Vegas. Their coach, Kevin Walters, joins us from the Brisbane Broncos. Hello, Kevin. How are you, mate? Uh, really good. Thanks, Ben. And yourself? Not bad. We're very <laughs> serious. I suppose we're getting towards round one, so we stay yeah, on the chirp. Uh, yeah. Serious voice on now, now, going to Vegas. <laughs> hey, Kev, firstly, Brendan Piakura, how is he, mate? He came off with a knee injury. You had scans today. Any updates? Yeah, he's had some scans. Uh, there is some slight damage there to his knee, but we expect him to be okay, uh, given that, you know, we've got a couple of weeks or just inside two weeks before the game. So, uh, yeah, we expect him to be right, mate. So he's going to make the trip. He'll go on the plane on Thursday, yeah. or will you hold him till, the, till Sunday? No, no, he'll he'll come on the plane. Yeah, he'll he'll be with us uh, when we leave on, on Thursday uh, from Brizzy. Yeah, Kevy, do you like the trials, and what do you hope to get out of them? And I'm assuming you got that out of the weekend with a huge win. Well, we did. I'm not a big fan of the trials. I wasn't as a player. Some players treat them really seriously, and others treat them very lightly. So, uh, I'm not a not a big fan. But they are sort of a necessity. We got a lot of out of Sunday Sunday night's performance, um, particularly. Um, those guys that will be playing overseas, it's their only hit out uh, into that game. So, but, And I was really comfortable with um, the performance of the team. Sure, there's some areas where we could get better, but I saw enough there to like what our season is going to present to us. Kevin, uh, the trial's done. 
Vegas is on the horizon. We know what the club has been through with the incident the other weekend with the boys. How, how do you proactively shift the mood? Because no doubt there we're, we're hearing reports about cancelled concerts for the team and security travel. How are you and the rest of your support staff shifting the mood so that there's not this cloud hanging over the team? Well, we, we moved last week on that. We had a, a good a meeting um, last week, a couple of meetings actually, and t- spoke about a lot of things from within the playing group. So we put that uh, behind us now and we're, and we're moving forward. I thought we made some good progress, you know, as I said on, on Sunday night. And the, the Vegas and, well, it's LA first, which we're going to. It's very exciting for everyone who's, who's going overseas. And, of course, in, into Vegas on the Thursday night into a Saturday night game. So it's tremendous for our boys to, to get away together, all of our team um, and staff. Uh, this time of the year, um, relationships are really important in any team, any organisation, and we can spend some more time together away uh, from our natural environment. I, I believe that's a, that's a great thing and a, a huge advantage for us, regardless of the result uh, over in Vegas. I like the fact that they're doing this, and you're right. I spoke to Reese Walsh on um, at the launch. You know, he's never been to America before, and Kevy, I don't think he's alone. I think there'd be a few of those boys in that side. We just expect that they've travelled that have never been to the United States. So that alone, going to LA and the bright lights and and some of the activities you got planned from away from the the game is really valuable. It's a good reminder to you, isn't it, Ben, of the life that you live compared to a lot of other people travelling the world with your. <laughs> communications industry and you over to see the Browns play and then you have down to Milwaukee to see the Brewers play. Hey, hang up. Just to, just I'm just going to pull you up. I, I did go and see the Browns play. You're right. But there was somebody I did run into and he was he was in the corporate box. I was with the Battlers and that is Kevin Walters. Literally ran into Kevy and that was, boy, oh boy, wasn't he talking some absolute Pasquale. <laughs> that was specky, mate. That was my job. I'm over there preparing sites and accommodation and training venues for our team when we arrive in a couple of weeks' time. That's what... That was that's work, Ben. Don't confuse the situation, mate. Can I ask you? Have you made a decision on your fourteen? Um, Tristan Saylor came into the frame. There was an article written in the paper today. I know that Corey Pakes has trained the house down. Tyson yeah. Smoothie's obviously your first choice if you yeah. go on last year's grand final. Have you decided who that fourteen will be? Well, I pretty much have, and um, you know, I think it'd be unfair or unjust to those that took part in last year's grand final. All those guys will be selected. You know, I, I think that's just the natural and fair way. To do things, and there's been a, a lot of guys put their hand up over the you know the preseason. Tristan Sailor's one. Court Pakey's had a good preseason. You know Blake Moser as well has, has trained you know, really hard and well. So I can't fault any of our players with their attitude. But I'm just going to for the opening sort of few rounds of the Premiership, we'll, we'll stick to those that that got the job done last year, and it's up to them to, to lose their spots rather than come past and take them. Kevy, I've uh, promised, been promised pink shorts. We've now moved <laughs> oh, to no. orange shorts, and I didn't oh, receive those either. Um, no, do what? you need a sports psychologist to go to Vegas? Because I also don't have a ticket to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, given what you've done in, in the world of sport, I would assume that someone would certainly take you on board as a tour. I've got a psychology degree. Mm. Yeah, you do, do you? Yes. Well, have you worked Ben Dobbin out yet? Is that what <laughs> I'm doing my PhD on him, Kevy. It'll be uh, right. totally fine. <laughs> but listen, I am coming through with uh, my words on your on your shorts. There's some new short. They're a different colour to last year, but I'm sure equally as exciting for everyone to get their eyes on when you when you put them on and wear them. They're a great fit 
magic colour. Okay. Beautiful. Mind fit oh, beautifully. Still mind fit beautifully. Yeah, that's right. I want the pink mind one. Beautiful. 2024, oh, the year we answer the big questions. Can the Broncos win a comp? And can Kevin Walters get Liesl Jones a pair of shorts? All that to be answered in due course. Kevin Walters, the coach of the Broncos. We cannot wait to see you round one at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, we look forward to it. It should be a great trip for our guys. And thanks for having us on the show. Lisa, the shorts are in the mail. Okay, next time you... Next time I'm on air, you'll be wearing them. And okay? can you bring me back an ugly magnet from Vegas, please? I'll see in there. I'll, I'll get <laughs> yeah. it for you. I'll make sure okay. he gets it for Thank you. Thank you. Now, listen, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, and I'm quite... You had the perfect opportunity to say high horse there. Well, <laughs> I could have, but I'm not going to. You missed the perfect opportunity. Oh, Do you want to start again? riders and the Australian Equestrian Association have long been snobby, no good... Judgmental. Whoa! They are so judgmental in the horse sports industry. I'm telling Tell you, I've competed. Really I've mm. competed in horse sports, and Equestrian Australia have always thought they are better than everybody else. Not the riders, but the body that runs it. And once again, they've proven that they are above everybody else, and they're Mister Judgmental. So, for those who don't know the story, three-time Olympian. Uh, Olympic medalist Shane Rose has been stood down um, after he wore a mankini, a Borat mankini. Yes, <laughs> My name is Borat. I like you. I like sex. It's nice. Okay. <laughs> he wore he it in, a, in like an that. event. Now, let's just get a little bit of context around this. It was a fancy dress event. Mm. Like, it was people were dressing up. Everybody's having a bit of fun. He wears a mankini, he goes out there, he jumps over a couple of jumps, he goes back and some no good person has made a complaint. Like, why could you? It, it's fun. It's a major overreaction. So now, you know, as the governing body, Equestrian Australia Chief Executive, Darren Goucher, a complaint was made about Rose and it wouldn't matter if there was one or if there's a thousand, we have an obligation to review it. Oh, my God, what are we becoming? Oh, please. He wore a Borat outfit. I've worn a Borat out to, to, to a fancy dress party. Where do Might I have been the reason. complaint about that? Well, you don't have to. You weren't there. A lot of people actually liked it, to be honest with you. Are you sure? Yes, they Where, were. What was your fan, What was your What was your event? It was a you green were... party. It was a green Borat. You went yeah. to a party of the Greens. No. I thought you voted for the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't vote for the Greens. I can tell you that right now. Uh, anyway. I think the most offensive thing about this whole story is um, – he was obviously jumping over something and was like just flashing everyone it's behind. I was like, I don't think he flashed everybody, did he? No, but when he was up, uh, when up, he was up, oh, yeah. he got a, they got a, a cupful, <laughs> cupful, a nutful, a nutful. <laughs> what? An eyeful of nuts. A bush scotch. <laughs> a bush oyster. A bush oyster. A bush oyster. I always get that wrong. Right. It's a bush wrong. oyster. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, I do, I do James love. goes to the gutter when it talks about bush oysters. <laughs> I do love though that he put a towel down because yeah. it must have been a must be very uncomfortable. Must be super well, he put a saddle cloth. He oh, just got yeah, an old saddle, saddle cloth over his saddle because I, a bit of leather rubbing on. I feel on like the, it's a little yeah. bit stuck yeah. and a yeah. little bit. I, I, the the real yeah. problem was with the music he chose to ride to. <laughs> can we just? I mean, can, that's can a we, bit much. Can we please? In all seriousness, yeah. 
Like there is garbage going on around the world that is yeah. just despicable. We and we're down? worried about a bloke who's an Olympian yeah. who wore a Borat in a fancy dress, exactly. equestrian show jumping for a bit of fun. Everybody laughed, right? He probably did more damage to himself than anybody. Like took, took one for the off. team. He could have taken a bit of bark off. Anyway, and then you're having to – we're seeing about this in the oh. paper now. Like in all seriousness – Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a chump he up needs stick a, he, he does. He needs a medal. <laughs> Gutsy. That's Give what I'd that say. Give that man a knighthood. Yeah. If he doesn't have letters next to his name, he should. <laughs> Jane Rose, OAM. Yeah, legend. Four services to the Nut Brigade. <laughs> I went and got brand new ink on Saturday, which I was really looking forward to. I went to the Fox and Moon Tattoo at Albion. They are an all-female run uh, tattoo parlour, so all the tattoo artists are female, and Bree did the tattoo for me. Now, I will say that the tattoo that I got, which was in honour of my dog Neville that passed away, and it says the goodest of good boys underneath. Shout out, Nev. Shout out, Nev. A Bree who did it really was quite simple for her because she does these intricate, really, like she did a full back tattoo that whole, that morning, so big, massive tattoos, and she did a very basic outline for me. It took 45 minutes and then she was done. Did it hurt? Uh, it was a, it was fine, a little bit scratchy. My feet were very painful when I got those done, so my inner arm, like my forearm was fine. I like that though, Lisa. I reckon if I was to ever get a tattoo, I'd want somebody completely overqualified yeah, for the tattoo she, I was getting. W- this was far below her yeah. standard of tattoos. She was doing a tattoo after me that was a two-headed rabbit or something, yeah. so she does these extraordinary realistic like, tattoos. Com- like getting Scotty Cam in to put up a shelf. Pretty much, <laughs> yes, can, exactly. Can we get to the real story of today? Sure. Please. <laughs> You've danced around it both of you. Um... This was not my idea, by oh, the way. Lisa, oh, what? Uh, let, let's just stop trying to shift. Hold line. on, it's your okay. dad. You're throwing. I'm going to explain what's happened. <laughs> I can't believe you this. Had to you admit, Liam, this was your idea. Mutiny. This was your idea. All, all I know is that between you both, and you can go to um, the, our Instagram Triple page. Triple M underscore Rush Hour. Up. Yeah, the, the reel is up. But somehow you two. Absolute drongos have decided to draw <laughs> another dog on Liesl's other arm, like it's a, it's a Snoopy it's or something. So, I don't know. No, what happened was Liam googled bad dog drawing right. and sketched that on my arm and in wrote sharpie. Good boy. In good boy, in really. And, and yeah. to be honest with you, when you've rolled up and you've got about half a, a roll of Glad wrap yeah. wrapped around your arm, and you're there, what do you think of my tattoo? Uh-huh. My immediate thoughts were she's crackers and I couldn't say, oh, she's that looks dreadful. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. And, and because I know how much Nev meant to you and I'm like, oh, what, what's, the, what's the tattoo joint's name? Fox and Moon. Fox yeah. and Moon have done a crap job. <laughs> Sorry to Fox and Moon, you did an outstanding yeah. job. What it was was you two idiots had played a prank on me and sketched it on the other yeah. Liesl's arm. <laughs> we had a bit yes, of fun. Yes, I fell for it, but you know what? I will say I was kind regardless. You were so kind about it. You had all the reasons to go, that is the worst tattoo I've ever seen. See, you two would do that to me. So I would not do that. I was like, oh, I'm going to be polite here. Um, it was garbage. <laughs> it was garbage. So Liam yeah. is not doing tattoos no. anytime in the future. But thank you. I've worn it all day. So. Yeah, I can't believe If you want to go and see uh, the prank we played on Dobbo with uh, the real tattoo and the uh, not-so-real tattoo, you can check it out. The, the video is up on our Instagram, triple M underscore rush hour. But, yeah, you have kept it on your arm I for quite a while I actually like now. it. I feel like I should get it done. It's so bad. It's <laughs> don't so do good. It. Please, don't. Don't. Oh, don't. please don't. Please don't. Don't do that. Take it You're off. You're an Olympic legend, okay. and I do not want my crap drawing <laughs> hey, to 
desecrate <laughs> your forum. Did you get a repaint or touch up on the tramp stamp? No, I didn't have time for that. <laughs> I could have, but I will go back and get some colour I can done. do it. Boy, you actually I, could. I I say that that's sharpie. the Olympic rings on your back. Yeah, right? yeah, Olympic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Do you want me to get a pack of coloured sharpies <laughs> and just touch it up? <laughs> just get your Crayolas out and just give it a crack if All you right. want. Well, it's close enough to the crack. Uh, Righto, it's time for us to get out of here. We've See, got the that is just brilliant. A, this... I mean, what, what does he do? Like, I mean, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well done. And you tolerate that. <laughs> we have got more tickets to Pearl Jam on the show tomorrow. Lisa Jones. Cheerio. Tomo. Farewell, my name. We'll see you at 4 p.m. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo.